the Elite Discipline Podcast, a podcast for high-velocity professionals and those aspiring to be them. Welcome to the fourth episode of the Elite Discipline Podcast. I'm here today with Brian Holt, top real estate agent in the Research Triangle here in the Raleigh area. Welcome, Brian. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate you. Yeah. Appreciate you having me on. Oh, I appreciate you coming on. I'm flattered. Hey, this is a this is a great learning opportunity for a lot of people. Um, you know, real estate and real estate professionals are really entrepreneurs, aren't they? Yeah, I mean we're we're everything. Yeah, we are. You, you got to build yourself, you're the, right? You're the you're the marketing department, you're HR, you're, you're you're all of it. Yeah, so I mean, really, that's what I want to talk about. We'll get into the specifics of real estate, but you've been very successful staying out in what many would perceive as a saturated market as far as a, a career field. A lot of people in there, but not too many people are truly successful as real estate agents. You've really got to stand out. You really have to build your brand. And that's why I, you know I. I loved having you on and you coming on here today and actually talk about that part, um, not just about the real estate market and should people buy or sell right now in the time of COVID. And we can touch on that, but really, how do you sta- stand out as a professional? How do you build your brand? How do you make yourself special and loud in a, in a very noisy market already? But why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and, and let the people get to know you? Sure. Uh, and all great points because it is... It is a very crowded field, uh, and even more so, um, surprisingly enough, during COVID. Um, anyways, uh, you introduced. I'm Brian Holt. Um, I'm the founder of the Logan Group at Keller Williams. Uh, we're based out of downtown Raleigh, but cover the whole triangle. Uh, been in real estate now for almost almost six years now in the triangle. Uh, dabbled in real estate way back. I won't date myself, but... Way back in college, before there was HDTV. Um, oh, yeah, way back, way back when. Um, and then uh, got out of real estate and moved into the hospitality world. Ran a couple different restaurants, ran a resort in the Caribbean, um, and then got back into real estate. So was was hospitality what you you studied in school, or what what brought you there? Interestingly enough, uh, studied interior design. Okay. In college. Relevant now, it very, seems like. Very relevant now. So uh, why hospitality? Hospitality was, um, that was the gig during college. Sure. You know, you waited tables, you bartended, uh, bartended for a while, ended up running a restaurant, and then um, the gentleman that was opening a new restaurant wanted me to come design it for him, interior design. Right. And so we helped him design it, and then I ran it for a while. Okay. And then was blessed enough to have an opportunity to move to the Caribbean. Not bad. So pulled everything and sold most all I had and shifted gears and moved to the island of St. John. Well, let's uh, let's stop right there and let's let's dive into that really quickly. So you pretty much gave up your your professional life and you, you left home at the U.S. in the U.S. to to move down to the Caribbean, which you know. 
that's a that's a perk in itself. But so you move down there. Um, what do you do when you get there? How do you set up? How are you successful in, in now a Caribbean island in hospitality, another saturated market, I'm sure. Right, it was. Um, and th- it's so different than you might think. You know, you don't, you're not finding a job online and then shifting. It's not moving from here to Nashville. Um, you literally show up and you you went to one of the, one of the, the mail centers, if you will, um, we had a hotel room for the first three nights we were there. You have no idea where you're going to live, no idea what you're going to do. You know your skills translate, and then it just becomes, okay, I'm marketable. I need to be in front of the right people to make sure that I get the job. Um, and that happened quick. And it's a very transient uh, very transient island, so people are always coming and going. So there's always there's always that void that hopefully you think you can fill. Sure. Um, and it, it happened pretty quick. Then why leave? I mean, you're down there, you're in paradise, you've got people coming and going. I'm sure the adventures were limitless and the experiences, the the interactions with an, an international crowd. What what brought you home? The limitless, yes. But then you are on an island that is eight miles long, three <laughs> miles wide. Um, and I had uh, soon, you know, soon before we left, I had met my wife down there. Okay. Uh, who's from here. Um I'd gone through a cancer battle on the island. Wow. Um, those kind of, those two things right there kind of made us give a little pause to life, pause to what was next, and uh, really the idea of trying to get back uh, to the States as a as a newly, newly engaged couple, actually. Wow. Uh, so we got engaged down there. Um, and then just being, you know, realizing that, hey, I spent five years down there. I saw every every bit of that island. It's time to go home. Time to get back stateside and, and get back here to North Carolina. Okay, so you, you come back. You're you're here in North Carolina. What makes you say real estate is the way forward for me? That is where I will be successful. Because I knew I'd been successful in it in the past. Okay. I knew that um, after coming out of the hospitality world, I did not want to be in that business anymore. Um, that business, as great as it is, and I've got a lot of friends still in that business, you were confined to that restaurant or to that resort 24-7. Sure. And I didn't like what that gave me from a lifestyle perspective. Okay, so you do have some flexibility now as a real estate agent. So you started uh, on a team, or how did you start in real estate once you came back to North Carolina, and how did you design where you're at now? So it started as an individual agent. Um, really have always, always done that. It was, you know, I wanted to build the brand for myself, you know, my marketing skills. I know I could, I could, I could, I'll put them up with anybody else. So I didn't want to help build somebody else's brand and somebody else's lifestyle, somebody else's dream. I wanted to build my dream. Um, and so, you know, it took a little time to kind of figure out where I needed to get settled in with regards to a firm it was with a national firm to start was there a couple of years and got an opportunity with a very boutique firm uh, here in downtown Raleigh and uh, learned a lot there. And then that boutique firm closed up shop uh, unexpectedly. And um, so then I um, made some decisions and looked at a couple different places and had a couple people calling me going, this is where you need to be. Um, 
that's when I found myself at Keller Williams, where I currently am. Great. Yeah. So you said earlier, though, the Logan group at Keller Williams, right? So sure. how, at what point do you say, hey, I'm going to do I'm going to build my brand here under Keller Williams? And, and how did you do it? How did you design that in your mind? How did you bring it to fruition? Well, I think the, the first big step is when you hear Logan, sometimes people go, all right, you're not Logan. Well, Logan is my son. And something as, as we as we look to expand, um, what I've always said is the brand isn't about me. It's, it's bigger than me. Um, and what is my passion? What is my why? What is my why for what I do every single day? And going through the cancer battle that we went, that I went through, wasn't sure if we'd be able to have children. Um, Logan happened. So I thought that that was something special and a better story to tell. Sure. So after a couple of years in the business, um, started being fairly successful um, and looked to expand it because there was more that, that, that I could do as one individual. And so formed the Logan group and really just started building from there um, and really wanted to take that great mix of marketing, interior design, and then hospitality and, and, and um, merge those all together um, in a very consumer-focused brand um, as we started growing, and that's what we try and do every single day. Yeah, absolutely. I'd actually like to go back and talk about the reason why. And your reason why is your family, and sp- very specifically, um, you know, the low chances you said of of having, you know, extending your family beyond your wife, and and that coming as as motivation in in your professional motivation, your personal motivation. So let's let's talk about mindset for a second. Um, as any professional kind of sets their goals, sets their dreams, I think it's very important to set your why, and your why is is your family. Do you find it, it, if you didn't have that, would you be as successful as you are? Or do you, do you think everyone really trying to build something needs to truly drill down to what that why is? I think if you're going to be, especially in real estate, but I think if, if you're going to be very passionate about something and very driven by what you go do every day, especially as somebody who is, in a sense, the CEO of your own company, you better be driven by your why and you better. And sometimes it takes a long time to find the why I didn't have the why early in my life. Um, I didn't have the why in college. I didn't have the why right after college. I was struggling to find it. Right. Right. Um, and then did, and then, and then just continually, you know, try and build on the why every single day and strengthen that why. Yeah. I think that increases your accountability too, because now you have, and, and they're not, putting pressure on you, but just by being present in your life, they're holding you accountable to be successful. Uh, you have others that you are caring for and that is motivation in itself. Uh, so, so as you are building this, as, as you're going through, um, you know, in, in transforming your own brand, what are the important steps that you typically need to take? Well, I think is, you know, can you communicate that why to your clients, right? Sure. And, you know, 80, 85, 87% of our, our business is referral base. Um, you know, you don't see, you don't see my face on a grocery cart, you know, cart, yep. you know, and so 
communicating that why through every single experience um, and every single deal that we do to make sure that our why uh, translate into into the experience that you have as a client. Yeah. Right. And staying on that mindset, it's funny. You said you keep saying, hey, well, I'm I'm my own CEO. I'm my own COO. I'm my own salesperson. I'm my own accountant. It, it we see so often in real estate and real estate career fields that it is what you make of it, right? You have full autonomy to be successful or to be a failure. Absolutely. And and you need that why to keep getting out of bed to seven AM showings across the city. Uh, or late nights when you can just get in, the developer just dropped the keys, and you're like, all right, hey, hot market, we're the first ones in. What does failure look like right now? How many people are just hopping in because it's the hot thing, they watch HGTV, and they're burning out versus the actual success stories? To give you an idea, I think there's 97,000 agents wow. in the state of North Carolina. Wow. Okay. The, the average the average broker in the triangle does about six deals a year. Okay. So, so yes, there's a lot of people. Schools are flooded right now. I have, you know, I sit down with people maybe once a month. Hey, I'm thinking about getting into real estate. Right. Okay. Well, why, why do you know your why? Why do you want to do it? Right. It's not. And this is one of the things we say all the time. You don't see that on HDTV. I'll run across something that happens to me once or twice a day. Like, yeah, they don't show you that on HDTV. So it's not the glamour all the time. I mean, granted, we're very successful. You know, we're we're lucky, we're blessed. Um, but there's a whole lot of beside, behind the scenes stuff that, you know, if you're not motivated, if you're not driven, if you're not dedicated to that, why you'll burn out. Yeah, here's a public service announcement: uh, real estate is not million dollar listing. It's not. It is not a bunch of uh, glam ballrooms and in uh, million dollar deals it's it's a grind it's a hustle it's you've got to you know we say it all the time is it's something you've got to embrace the grind you sure. know and you got to you've got to you know it's, it's it's you know it's a little bit of the struggle because when you get into the business i mean every single day we've been doing this you know i've been doing it for 6 years now every single day i wake up and my mindset is i'm unemployed right how am i going to get business right and if you don't have that mindset and think that it's just coming to you, you'll 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 fail out quick. So what's the key then? You know, obviously word of mouth, but to stay relevant, to stay at the top of the game and keep business, no matter if the market's high, the market's low, there is no market, there's no properties. What's the key to keep your business going? Consistency. Consistency in your branding, consistency in your message, consistency in your prospecting, consistency in your communication, uh, consistency in the systems that you put in place. Sure. Uh, so, so how are you branding yourself? What In what methods are you marketing yourself? What have you found to be successful versus that was a complete waste of $1,000 on these handout pamphlets or whatever it may be? How are you building your reputation and your, your logo basically throughout the city and the surrounding areas? Well, you can't give up on things. You know, when you talk about, you know, spending $1,000, you know, people do that. People get into early on in the business and, and they're not consistent with it. They might send out something and say, well, damn, I didn't get any, I didn't get any traction from that. We didn't try it long enough, right? And so um, now I think we're at a point too where we're now starting to think 
two and three years out with our business. Um, and some of that's a product of now being in it for six years, being fairly successful. Um, but, you know, we, we just have the systems in place and, you know, with, again, 85 to 90% of the business coming from people like yourself, right? And so what am I doing to make sure that I'm providing value to you even after we've done a deal? Right. Right. And so always being there and always being a resource. Uh, it, a lot of it goes back to, you know, when I ran a resort, we had a concierge. When you think of concierge, when you're staying somewhere, say you're in Jamaica, right? You go to that concierge for anything that you need, right? Absolutely. I want to be that guy for you. Right. Right. It's not just a one-time deal and see you later. Right. So I always want to provide you value in some way, shape, or form throughout the course of a year. Right. And have you, have you noticed a lot of people following up because now you have that availability, that reputation to follow through to comment on changes in the market, possibly from a house that they just bought in a specific neighborhood or, or maybe uh, you're following up because there are investment opportunities. And through previous conversations, you realize that these people may be in the market later down the road. Have you, have you had increased business by just following up nonstop? Sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, I got a call before I before I came over here. Uh, somebody who had a life changing situation, and literally uh, said, "Hey, I need help right now." Sure, you know, and um, I think a lot of people in our profession um, might help you with the sale, and then they're gone, and you never hear or talk to them again. And right. I think what we try and do every single day at the Logan Group is how can we deepen those relationships with our clients, our team, our community. You know, what can we do in the community? Um, and so, you know, inevitably it's a relationship business. Right. How can we, how can you deepen those? And I do think that the best way of voting nowadays is to, it, it's with your purchase power. It's building a community. It's through real estate. It's working with people that have that community mindset. And that's so personal when you're buying a house and to speak with a professional who keeps that sense of community in mind, um, whether People are focusing on on building up a specific neighborhood or they want to be in a specific location. Um, that purchasing power really is a vote towards building or, or destroying their own community. And uh, understanding that or getting guidance from the person you're, you're dealing with hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars, uh, that is wildly important in my opinion. Glad to hear you say that. <laughs> and uh, yes, I am a customer. So let's go back to the Logan group. Uh, you know, you build out this business, but this business is not just a real estate team, correct? It's, it's multifaceted. So when you're scaling a business, when you are branching out into different locations, what comes first? What's the, how did you decide to scale and what did you scale into? Was it into more graphic design, more logoing, uh, property management? How do you decide to scale and, and then how do you actually do it? Sure. So, you know, we haven't, we haven't shifted and created different divisions within the Logan group. There's possibility for that. Sure. You know, that's, that's kind of down the line, if you will, but everything's done in house. You right. know, I have people that, that reach out to me every once in a while and, and say, you know, who runs your social media platforms? That's me. Right. You know, and, um, property management. I mean, there's other, I, I think you've got to know your strengths, 
right? And there's plenty of people that do commercial. I refer them. There's plenty right. of people that do property management. That's, that's just not a know your strengths, know your weaknesses, right? And you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with. So one of the things that, that I think that we pride ourselves on is having that network of people. So if you came to me and said, Brian, I need a great property management company. Right. Or if, or if you purchase something with me and said, okay, this is a rental. We want to get into, you know, property management. We've got that perfect person for you or what we hope is that perfect person. So when I say growing the Logan group, I, I think that it's, um, it, it's going to expand a little bit more so this year. And I think it will just be a, a handful of other agents um, it will just be buyers agents. So we'll expand the team in that sense. Might look into the development side right. of things a little bit. Okay. Well, wow. that's a big move right there. Um, so I, the way I view it is when you're an entrepreneur, there's, there's two networks that you're trying to build. One of course is your network of customers, you know, word of mouth and, and building that customer base and being the ready option when someone tells their friend, Hey, you know, he'll, he can really help you buy right now. So the other one is to build your own team to be successful and continue to grow. So for you, it sounds like obviously you've got that build your client base down. And we're going to talk about that after. But the, the first thing is when you're building your own team to be successful as, as an entrepreneur and you want to place the right people around you to continue to move in the right direction to grow your business, scale your business or, you know, get more marketing across the country. What are you looking for in those individuals? I want some of those people to be like where, where my deficiencies are, right? And if I can find somebody that helps me out on this side that maybe is my weakness, that's great, right? Because then we become that much more of an, a well-rounded team. Um, Self-driven. I don't want to have to coach somebody through something. I will to start, right? But I need you to kind of see some things and go, I'm going to go tackle that. So self-driven like that, right. where I don't have to be, and I, and I don't want to have to be looking over your shoulder at all times, right? I'm too busy. And as we build this, I need more people that are like that. Right. Go-getters. Yep. Now, as you're building your client base, what is important to focus on? I, I'm going to be the first person to say, I think you're the best dressed real estate agent in Raleigh. And that alone says a lot. You know, your professional appeal especially in, as an entrepreneur, especially as a client-facing professional on a daily basis. So looking professional, right? That's key right there. You see so many real estate agents that show up in a T-shirt, just slumpy, and it's, it's a mess. And I don't, want to, I don't want to spend 100, 200, 500, 1 million, you know, through, the, through that person. They're not taking this seriously. So your your personal appeals got to play a major role in that. You you never know when you're going to run into that next client, right? Right. Um, my grandfather, um, and I know we've got a lot of military or former military people listening. My grandfather was a colonel in the army um, at Fort Benning. He always dressed to the nines. Right. Right. He never knew who he's going to see. Um, my grandma was the same way. And you go out, and and I'm. You know, most people never see me in a T-shirt. No, I don't wear a full suit. Right. But your appearance, your appearance means a lot. Absolutely. So. so what else can you do to, to be ready at all times or to market yourself and grow that customer base? 
besides a great professional reputation, obviously being ethical, um, all those matter when you're dealing with hundreds of thousands of dollars, but what, what's going to set you apart? I think beyond, you know, when you look at, when you, when you look at, um, people's opinions of realtors, it's not great. Right. It's down there with attorneys, you know, <laughs> it's low. Right. So, and I, and I think you, we kind of look at that and go, okay, well, what are the, what are the things that people, um, and, and what is, you know, why, why, right? So can we, what can we do to enhance the trust you have in us? You know, how, you know, can we be, we've got to be great communicators all the time. You know, in this day and age, you know, if you're texting me, I better be texting you right back, right? right. If a house hits the market, especially in this market, I better ping you right back. We better get yeah. out there. Accessibility. Right? So availability, accessibility, when people, um, you know, when, when people want something, I mean, it's, it's just it's the day, in, you know, it's our age right now. People want it, instant gratification. I've got to be able to provide that too in, in our business. Right, which right. means you've got to have the information in your head at all times. Yep. That's being a subject matter expert, and that transcends any career field that you're in. If, if you're truly an expert, you need to have that knowledge at all times. We, we say it a good bit. Is insight is the new black. Right. Absolutely. So and where whether, strong. It's, whether it's neighborhood insight, um, you know, I mean, people come to us for, hey, what, you know, restaurant insight, you right. know, all things, you know, in that area that you that you say that you specialize in, you better know it all. Well, and that's funny because like so many professionals, everyone fears that technology is going to take over. Right. Uh, you have Trulia and Zillow and all these other major real estate websites that uh, when they first came out, they say it was the death of agents right there, but they cannot provide that community aspect and that, that point of view that an actual human can do that, especially a human that not only is tied into the local community, but also cares about it. I, you know, Zillow's great. Zillow's got its place, right? Sure. If it, if it helps to uh, enhance and helps everybody else in the industry step up their game, fine. Step up your game, people, right? Right. Um, you know, every single day you should be looking to say, how can I get better? You know, every single deal that we do, how could, what could we have done better, right? Right. And, I mean, there's pressure coming from all sides, and that's fine. You know, if you can't, if you can't handle that, then maybe you're not in the right business. Right, get out of the kitchen. You know? So um, everything and everything that we do is literally driven towards how can it benefit the consumer. Right. So let's spin off a little bit and talk about some other things that you're growing in your, in your professional and your personal life. Um, I know that you're also focused on charities. Um, so, so let's pause and, and why, why did you spin off? Uh, tell us a little bit about, about it in the future of it. Sure. Um, growing up, it's something that my, my grandparents did, you know, whether it was church or somewhere out in the community, we were always working, can drives. We were always doing those things. Going to, I remember, you know, feeding the homeless at soup kitchens in, in middle school. Um, those were always things. You know, we had a, a had a good bit of loss in my life growing up uh, from the family side with with cancer, and so I started getting involved with with just various different nonprofits. You know, I lost my mother at twelve from cancer, and, and so I just kind of always said, you know, what can I do to give back? Right? You know, I I was blessed growing up. Came up in a 
a fairly uh, well-off family and so always had that mindset of how can I get back and when I got into real estate um, for the second time I said how can I utilize my platform to do something more and so we started uh, a little something that we call the Karma Keg Social um, just over four years ago almost five years ago now and it was literally a reason to get together support a local establishment in downtown Raleigh, support a local nonprofit from Raleigh, uh, and get together and network with people over. Anyway, I think we bought, we bought 35 beers that night and, you know, we raised all the money that, that people donated went directly to that local nonprofit. And it's not that we were trying to raise a, you know, we didn't think we were going to get in there and raise a thousand dollars, but we were going to raise awareness. Sure. And we were going to, we were going to hopefully prop up this, this, this nonprofit that, um, you know, maybe didn't have the platform. And, and, and who knows, three months after our event, somebody could have stroked the $5,000 check because they remembered that night. Right. So um, after, that, after that first initial night on Glenwood Avenue, I kind of said, I think we might have something here. Let's try and do this on the more regular and so we've we've continued to do it. We've worked with, um, I think now over over thirty five charities, local nonprofits over the years, and raised upwards of forty thousand dollars for um, for a lot of really worthy organizations in the triangle doing great things. Amazing. And one piece of advice you always hear from from very successful people, whether it's in the corporate world entrepreneurship or, um, you know, financial leaders is always giving back. It always, that always seems to be a common thread, um, of, of people really being successful in their lives and being happy. How does charity or giving back, how does that truly affect the professional? What, how does that enhance and, and just why, you know, you're going to probably run into a bunch of frugal people with their time, frugal with their money. They're like, Hey, I earned this. What is the the benefit besides just being a good person of giving back. Well, it's interesting. We, we, we talk about it now just with, with society the way it is. Um, and I, I don't think that there's, I, there's definitely not enough good going around in this world. And I think that we all need it. So um, whether it's us feeling great about what we're doing or every single other person that, that we invite and bring out, um, there's, there's just, there's something special and magical about, about doing that. And, um, the, you know, the, the changes, uh, and the impact that even 500 or a thousand dollars can have with one of these organizations. Um, you know, whether it was, I mean, we've, I think we had one where, where it was actually outside of the U S but it was, um, um, we raised, I think $1,500 and it fed, a whole village in Haiti for the year. Amazing. So, you know, if that doesn't give you the chills or, or the feel goods, sorry. Right. Um, you're, you're probably a robot. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just something I think if I wasn't in the real estate world, to be quite honest, I would probably be doing something in a nonprofit world. Okay. So I think that, um, and I've always tried to, share the wealth as much as I can. And 
I think being able to do this and help out so many different people in so many different ways, um, just by doing something so simple. Right. And feeling good keeps you young. Being young keeps you going. We need it. <laughs> need every bit of it. Absolutely. So let's talk about uh, the real estate market now then. Uh, is it the, you know, COVID hit? We're, we're in a recession or very quickly heading to a very real economic crisis right now. And unless something pivots hard, what's the real estate market look like? I know that's an open-ended question, but... You know, is it the time to buy or sell? Is that too vague? Is it, you know, stick with renting until you really figure it out? Like, what's going on? Sure. It depends. Sure. And that's a that's a great real estate answer. Um, it depends. I mean, I've told, you know, it depends on where you're looking at. Are you, it, for selling, it's a great time to sell right now. You know, you're really going to maximize. I always tell people, you might be surprised how much your house is worth. Right now, I'm going to say, you might be shocked wow. at how much you might get for your house. What's the influence on that? A lack of demand or a lack of inventory. Okay. So we're down about 10, you know, it, it fluctuates, but down about 10%. So low interest rates, still the demand there, very low in inventory overall. Right. So, and in certain price points, I mean, they're, it's, it's stupid. Some of the stuff we're seeing. Right. Um, so when you ask me, is it the time to buy? I've told three people in the last couple of months, continue to rent. We'll see you next spring. Okay. Because it didn't make sense for them, right? They're first time home buyers. They would overpay for a home right now. The home wouldn't appraise. It wasn't a smart decision for them. Right. Right. And that's probably counterintuitive to what a lot of people would think uh, coming from somebody who sells real estate. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, what you just did there is build professional trust with someone. They, they know they're going to go back to you now because you didn't just say, okay, yeah, let's go. We'll find you a house. We'll sell it to you um, and and totally rip them off as far as they're in the wrong house now. They're buried in debt, overpaid, probably their down payments probably twice the size of what would have been in a different market just so the house would appraise or close the loan or anything like that. That comes back to building your professional reputation, being an ethical pro- professional, and which is just wildly important to to your career field i'd imagine so great time to uh to sell so if you're if you're hearing this now great time to sell but uh another aspect of real estate and then and not sure how involved you are with uh commercial but you see a lot of businesses starting to realize the the value of uh remote work working from home dropping these massive leases that they have in these metropolitan areas Let's pivot that conversation to to the individual, to the um, residential market. Are you seeing a lot of people just leave cities because they don't have to be there right now? They don't have to pay these massive rents, these massive uh, mortgages right now because a lot of people are working from home and a lot of companies have you know, put out their announcement that they're going to maintain remote work into the future. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've, we've seen it since middle of March when... But, it, but especially as, as COVID kind of settled in, um, as things in New York really got ugly um, for those first couple of months, kind of that, that, that April, May time frame, we see a lot of folks coming down. We always have seen a lot of folks coming down from New York, but I have a ton of New York coming down, Chicago, California. You hear that, Raleigh? Things are going to change. So it's... 
but it's also, I mean, they're come when you, there's, there's plenty of data out there to show where they're going and we're one of the markets that, that right. a lot of those folks are coming to. Sure. Now, uh, I, that's gotta hyperinflate the market then if you're, if we're getting a bunch of, you know, the, the locals would call them Yankees coming down. Um, or you have these, these individuals, these professionals coming from these insanely expensive markets and they're coming to a less expensive area. They've got to be inflating the market now. It would be inflated without them. Okay. So now we're talking uh, hyperinflation in the market. Yeah. And it goes back to why I said, you know, to some of those people last couple of months, hold off for right now. Right. You know, um, now, you know, granted, some of these people that are coming in from out of state are renting for a little while to figure out where they want to be. But, yeah, it's it's putting some interesting pressure on affordability sure. in, the, in the triangle. So I want to talk about now your, your daily habits. Um, what are the daily habits of a professional, of a successful real estate agent? Uh, how do you build your, your regiment? Uh, what does it consist of? What does your day look like? It's a lot of time blocking. Right. You know, um, that took that took a little while to get there. Um, it's literally time blocking days. And there are certain things that you know you need to get to. You will get to them eventually in the course of the day. Sure. But the very successful ones time block. Uh, now, I tell you what, what's making it really interesting right now is as driven uh, as as I am to try and make sure that I stick to that regimen of time blocking this market sometimes is, is forcing my hand otherwise, you know, right. If I get a, if I get a call on Wednesday afternoon at noon, Hey, this house just hit the market. Me getting out to show this home to this buyer Wednesday afternoon at three versus Thursday night at six could mean the difference of $15,000 right. in getting the house or not. Yep. Right. So right now it is, it is trying to be as flexible as possible during those blocks, but still, still having those blocks. But you know, it's it's time blocking for everything, right? It's time blocking for connecting with clients. It's time block for you know lead generating. It's time blocking for family, right? And a lot of people don't do that. I know when I when I first got into the business, you know, I'm still working 70, 75 hours a week because you're like, man. I don't have a paycheck that's guaranteed coming in. Right. right? You got to get that. So I think now it's, it's, it's changed up a little bit as we've done more and more business. Um, I won't say that it comes, I guess it comes a little bit easier, but it's still the grind and you've got to embrace that grind every single day. And would that be your biggest advice to uh, want to be real estate agent, wet behind the ears, fresh and excited? What's your biggest advice to them coming in? My, what I've told a lot of different people is, and again, going back to the average broker in a triangle doing six deals a year, right? It's very hard to be really good at something if you only do it six times a year, right? So my biggest advice is to go to a team and learn the systems, learn the processes, and get a lot of deals underneath your belt. Right. And then eventually, if you want to go build something, then you've, then you've got that experience to build that out. Sure. Go get your reps in. I know a lot of people don't want to start at the bottom, but that's typically where you learn. Get a coach. Be disciplined. Now, how do you find a, a coach or a mentor? 
Is it just finding a team? Well, I mean, it's it's either finding a team, or you know, when you when you get into the business, obviously you're you're interviewing. It's a it's a little bit different because you're almost interviewing each firm versus outside of real estate where they're interviewing you. Right. Right. And so, you know, anytime that you you might go get your license, people start coming after you left and right. So. I, th- I think finding that right fit with those people that you're going to be working with and learning from because going through real estate class, going through real estate school, you learn a whole lot. You don't learn what you need to get through an every single day life scenario. Sure. Doing what we it's doing, what I do right sounds now. Sounds like a academia a as a whole. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, so I think whether it's finding that mentor um, via maybe your firm, somebody who you just trust, who is, you know, who has been in the business for a long time, you know, I've got a great one and, you know, I still bounce ideas off him all the time. We get together and have coffee about once a month. Um, I'll share ideas with him. You know, it's uh, a great relationship. And he came from, he was the first firm that I joined. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so funny to, to hear regardless of sector industry or career or title, the most successful people have, found a mentor when they were starting out and maintain that relationship and then increase the amount of mentors they have because they identify other avenues or other growth points that they may need to find someone else with. And I've talked to uh, quite a few professionals now, and that's, that's one of their number one advice uh, points when they're learning how to be extravagant with what they do is to learn from someone who's already done it. And those could be your competitors too. Sure. You know, I mean, I've, I've learned a lot of things from some folks that I probably go on listing presentations against. Right. You know, but we are, um, you know, and some of it's, you know, folks in, in Raleigh, still a fairly small town. Right. You know? And, you know, we collaborate. There's, you know, there's, there's a lot of folks that I still collaborate ideas on. And I know that in a sense, technically, and this is air quotes here, they're my competition. But right. That's, but that's okay. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, even if they were to beat you out, failure is a great teacher. We're all getting better, though. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it benefits the consumer in the end. Sure. Well, you are on a podcast called Elite Discipline. So I've got to hit you with the, the question. In your mind, in your definition, in your words, what does elite discipline mean? An elite's an interesting term, right? And, and um, you know, I think that there's, there's always discipline in my life. There's always, thankfully, discipline in in what I do for my profession. I think every day, every day I wake up going, "How can I be more elite than I was yesterday?" Right, and it's it, and I think that for that, it is maximizing every single hour in my day, every single hour, every single minute, and not getting distracted by everything that life can throw at you. Right, right? and and whether it's maximizing those minutes and hours for my clients, for the family. Um, you know, again, we talk about vendors and community. Um, whether it is waking up at four in the morning and starting to write those emails. Um, I mean, it's grinding till 11 o'clock at night. It is doing kind of whatever it takes. Um, you know, I had, a, I had an old boss one time and in the, in, in the restaurant industry and it said, used to always say the answer is yes. What's the question? Right. Right. And it's, um, and I, I, I think for me, it's whatever it takes. And we've been, 
we've been, it's been interesting because the, the years that I've been in real estate, we've been in a fairly hot market. Um, but we still grind every single day like we're in a recession. Absolutely. And that's the mindset that I will always have. We always say that we are going to market your home like we're in a recession and we're going to grind as a buyer's agent for you as if we're in a recession. Oh, and, amazing. And we're going to treat, we're going to treat, you know, obviously your money's our money and I'm a frugal person just by growing up, you know, growing up, you know, having my grandparents raise me who grew up in the depression. So the value of a penny or five cents is huge. And so you're going to get that from me um, every single time. And so that's one of the other many things that we try and be elite with. Well, I'll tell you, after uh, after whoever's listening heard you, they're going to want to find you. And they're going to want to work with you. So where can people do that? Um, so you can, we'll drop the www.thelogangroupnc.com. Um you can connect with me there. Instagram is, is going to be our most prevalent platform that we're on. Uh, that would just be Brian Holt Realtor. Uh, and, of course, LinkedIn. Um, that would just be Brian F. Holt on LinkedIn. So we're, I'm not hard to find. If I was hard to find, I definitely would not have branded myself well. So you, you can easily find me. Um, and for all the listeners, all those uh, links are going to be in the show notes. So just go ahead and open them up, click, or uh, reach out to me directly if you'd like to work with Brian Holt. But hey, Brian, anything else you'd uh, you'd like to put out there right now? I'm good. All right. Thank you. Thank you again for having me. Hey, well, appreciate I really it. appreciate you coming on. I think this was really useful information, especially people looking for an agent. What what to look for, uh, what to avoid. Uh, you know, what to do right now, depending on what their goals are in the real estate market and, and just how to build their brand, whether they're in real estate or they're a different entrepreneur trying to launch their own product or their own website, or their own company. So thanks for coming on. Thanks for discussing this. It's been amazing to speak with you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks.